basically you have hope as long as you sow the seed. Maybe you sow the seed in a very small field, but as long as you sow the seed, you know there is hope. Welcome to Baptist Without an Adjective, a podcast of Word and Way. I'm your host, Word and Way editor and president, Brian Kaler. On this program, we'll hear from Baptists from across the denominational, ethnic, national, and ideological lines that too often divide us. At Word and Way, we've been informing and inspiring Baptists since 1896. Learn more about us at wordandway.org. This is one of two episodes that we're dropping that are conversations with Polish Baptist pastors. I enjoyed having the chance to sit down and talk with them when they were visiting the United States recently. I think they'll have some really important things to say about Baptist work in Poland, especially in helping Ukrainian refugees. In this episode, we're going to have a conversation with Matusz Wyszery. He's a pastor in Warsaw, which is the capital of Poland, and he's the immediate past president of the Polish Baptist Union. I actually first met Matusz back in 2018, and from that conversation is actually one of the first episodes of Baptist Without an Adjective. You can hear him back in episode 10 at podcast.wordandway.org. Then in 2019, I got to travel to Poland and go around the country with him, and that was a really great time to learn more about the work of Polish Baptist. And so I was excited to see him again and to have this episode because there's so much happening right now, and he's a perfect guide in helping us understand the lay of the land. Before we get to it, just want to remind you that if you want to hear more podcasts from Warden Way, be sure that wherever you're listening to this episode that you are subscribing to Dangerous Dogma our weekly show that I also host. You can also find episodes at dogma.wordandway.org. And now here's my conversation with Matusz Wyszery from Warsaw, Poland. Well, Matusz, first of all, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. So it's exciting to to see you here, especially after a couple of years of COVID, uh, keeping us all in kind of virtual reality. But in addition to, to COVID, there's been a lot of other stuff happening. But let's set the stage first. For those that maybe aren't familiar, tell us a bit about Polish Baptist. So Polish Baptist is a small Baptist church located in Eastern Europe, for those who don't know where Poland is. And um, uh, we have a long history, about 170 years. Uh, but still, I would say about 70% of Polish Baptists are first-generation Baptists, former Roman Catholics. And um, we are still growing. Uh, every year we, we plant few churches. Uh, but of course, uh, COVID does, was not helping us in the ministry. And we right now also have a huge uh, challenge and opportunity because of so many Ukrainians. As such, and also Ukrainian Baptist coming to Poland, uh, which basically means that I would say right now we have the same number of Ukrainian Baptists in Poland as Polish Baptists in Poland. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, Polish Baptists have, have been a, a small minority in, yeah. in your country. It's a, it's a heavy Catholic country. Yes. I wonder if you talk about ministering in that context. Yeah, so basically, you know, it's a it's a challenge because Polish identity and Catholic identity uh, in the history seem to basically be the same. And of course, it's a huge challenge for Catholic Church uh, because so many people assume as they are Poles, they are also Catholic and good Catholic. But let's say that's their problem. 
from the perspective of Baptists, it's it's maybe uh, what it means. It means that we have this kind of um, challenge: how to prove we are good uh, Baptists, good Pauls, even not being Catholic. And that's one one part of the challenge. Second part is, um, uh, I would say, um, how we are Polish. And I remember when I got converted, I felt like maybe I should be some kind of international guy with no national identity. And especially during the 90s when I got converted, so many Americans being in Poland, so much ministry have been done by foreigners. So that was kind of, you know, question mark for me. So who am I as a Christian? Right now I realize we all should have our own uh, ethnic or national identity and really strive hard to make the kingdom uh, the factor that uh, really bless is, is blessing our national identity or cultural identity because like I'm pretty sure in USA you would have maybe you know what is American identity maybe some people are white some people are black but still I would say they have to strive to really uh, by the Christian let's say power power of Christianity to somehow inform or change the, the culture. But anyway, um, uh, I think we kind of really started to have the, the way of doing and combining all of those things before the war. And right now with so many Ukrainians, we have to start to rethink again all of it, which is kind of challenge. It's good challenge, but I'm just saying it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a challenge for, for our church. Yeah. And the other, the other thing that I think is, is important for Americans kind of understand mm-hmm. your ministry context uh, when in 2019, when you took me around yeah. the country of, of Poland for what I think about 10 days and, and getting to see, you know, one of the things that really s- helped hear and understand in museums we went to from, from Baptist pastors that we talked to was this legacy of both World War II yeah. and then the Soviet occupation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that has been a significant marker that still impacts the country today. Yes. And I wonder if you could talk about the impact that has had on the Polish people as well as on the Baptist churches more specifically. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we are a nation that uh, uh, had no country or government for over 100 years. And our our national anthem says, Poland is not dead yet as long as we are alive. So basically it means that it is the people who are carrying the country, not the country that is carrying the people, which is maybe, okay, it's, it's, you know, I hope you you got it. And the idea is that uh, the culture, the identity, the heritage is somehow internally related to who we are, and, and we are the ones who are bearers of it. And we are the ones who are um, those who, who make it alive, which is, con- I would say, it's a biblical concept of identity, because I think uh, in the Bible, it's, you know, it's all about who we are inside, who we are towards. Of course, uh, now I'm referring to the, the, the Christian identity, but it's again, it's something internal, not external, and from inside out related to the world. And I think our Polish identity is similar. So we, 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 and during communist time, that was the same. So basically we had this conviction, this is not our government. This is not our system. This is not our ideology. It's imposed on us. 
But in our history, we we, we had a, the experience of how to live with, with imposed things. So basically, we were able to handle it. And I think we handled it really well. And we were the first Soviet uh, bloc nation that ceased to be Soviet. Actually, it's the Poland with the free election of 1989 that we destroyed the whole Soviet bloc. Um, and of course, that was partly set up. The communists tried to kind of smoothly find their way to the free, free world. But still, I would say it's very... Uh, it's very significant to see it happen in Poland because at the end of the day, they realized they will not be able to keep it any longer. So, so that was Poland. And, um, and right now with the Russia, you know, we, we, are, we know Russia really well. By the way, we also know Germans really well. And I think Russia knows we know them. I think Germany, German people think they know them themselves better than we do. And that's a, maybe a good question to, to reflect on. But anyway, I would say when you look at the political landscape right now, uh, the history proves we knew it better than, than Western Europe. We have all situation right now uh, with Germans try to do business as usual with Russian. It's, it's not a good way. It will not work. It's a treat to all countries around, maybe not to Germany, but to Poland, certainly. And I would really tend to, you know, for Germans to think more about other countries, not just themselves, especially as they kind of try to be the most important nation in European Union. They should care about others if they really want to have this position, but they are, but they are not doing it. So I think that's, that's, so basically we know Russians, we know the, the Russian heart, let's say, the Russian heart tries to, to conquer, and it's not, it doesn't know any other way of being. And uh, Ukrainians know it also right now. And um, and referring to the Baptist identity, I would say, um, yeah, we, we we are just Polish Baptists. So it means with this this strive for freedom, this strive for for our um, own identity. I think it's 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 it's, it's, it's it, those, those are biblical concepts, so we are happy with them, and of course we have our own Baptist identity in Polish society and culture, and I think we we, we do well. We are really uh, contributing to the well-being of our country with our devotion to the Lord, to biblical principles, and I think we are blessing being good host to so many Ukrainians right now, being also those who are, you know, who are just. Um, uh, faithful Christians, but also uh, faithful uh, cit- citizens and and and, uh, and neighbors to other Poles. Yeah, I heard some of these concerns and alarms about Russia when I visited Poland three years ago, and yep. obviously this year we are seeing those fears realized in mm-hmm. the neighboring country, Ukraine, mm-hmm. for those that haven't looked at a map, sits between Poland and Russia. Oh, yeah. And so I hope you could talk about what has happened. You've already alluded to it some, a couple of million Ukrainians have yes. fled and most of them have at least gone through Poland and many of them are still in Poland. So I would say there are probably various factors. Like one factor is uh, Ukrainian soldiers who are, or simply Ukrainian males who are to be soldiers or are soldiers right now, 
Of course, they want their families to be safe. And the closest place for their families to be safe is Poland. So right now we have over one and a half million of, 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 of refugees, uh, new refugees, because before we had another close to two million wave of Ukrainians. So we have something between three to four million of Ukrainians in Poland. And Poland is a country of 36 million people. Uh, so you see how, how big is the, the impact. Uh, in, in, in Warsaw itself, we have like two million Poles and half million Ukrainians right now. Uh, so there are places that you hear Ukrainian language a lot. Of course, one thing, one good thing is that we are not so different. And uh, so kind of, you know, we, we, we kind of let those cultures mingled and, 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 and you know, and, 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 and be close to each other. Some people are annoyed about it, of course, uh, but most of Poles, they just realize that's the, that, that's the, the price of actually disagreeing together to the cruelty and aggression of Russians. And I think we, we kind of realize uh, the best way that we can, um, we can stop Russian imperialistic uh, tendencies is, is by helping Ukrainians. And this is why if you would go to Poland right now, you would see so many signs of support, so many Ukrainian flags, so many people who basically, when the war started, they welcomed Ukrainians to their own private homes. And I have not seen it anywhere in the world. There are at least a few hundred thousand Ukrainians who are still living in, and even the same with Baptists. Many Baptists decided, I have these two extra bedrooms in my home. I can host a family. Uh, so it's really, it really uh, it's unique. And... Um, uh, so many Ukrainian uh, women with children, they stay in Poland. Why? Because their husbands, their, uh, their, their fathers are fighting and they don't want to be in some remote place. Maybe it's nicer, but, but they still want to be close to home and they want to know what's happening. And, and I would say uh, Poland is, gives them this sense of being in a neighbor's home. Because this is what it really is. It's not far from Ukraine. It's safe. Uh, it's welcoming. And they are really feeling well in Poland. Of course, for many families, they decided to go further. Uh, but we'll see how, how, how it will be solved. Uh, because uh, remember, those families are not full families. Uh, those families are like half families. Because male, uh, males from... 18 years to 16, 60 years they, uh, of age, they, they, they are forced to live in, stay in Ukraine because the country could, could need them to fight. Yeah, I, I want to highlight something. When I heard you speaking to a Sunday school class on Sunday, and we're talking a couple days later, you, you noted this, but you know, most of the refugees are women and children or elderly yes. because they're, the, they're not men of fighting yes. age. And so, yes. you know, that's, I mean, that's literally the biblical call. The, mm -hmm. the, yeah. They're not necessarily widows and orphans yet, yes. although many of them are, but they yes. are, they are without a father or a husband yes. with them and, and to care for the stranger in their land, yes. the widows, the orphans. I mean, there's a lot of biblical teaching. Mm -hmm. And this is what the Baptist churches in Poland yes. are stepping up in many ways to do. Yes, this is exactly what we started to do from the beginning. Uh, there, were, there were some churches who actually turned their uh, sanctuaries to the refuge shelters. Henryk Skrzypkowski is one of those guys. Um, 
On our campus in Warsaw, where I worship, we decided to turn all campus to the refuge shelter too. And that was a tough decision for our church since we are very busy doing, you know, careers, whatever, in capital. But we felt like we had to respond and we started to do it. And very, very fast, our campus was crowded with over 100 refugees. Uh, some of them stayed for a few days, some of them stayed for one month, even some for two. Uh, some of them had needed short orientation, what to do next. Some of them actually had no idea what to do. So we tried to help all of them, those people. And we helped more than 600 people in, in, in our, on our campus. Many other churches, they, I would say, uh, generally speaking, there was a kind of response, response to this crisis from every Baptist church. And of course, not every Baptist church was able to respond in the same way, but uh, every Baptist church at least collects some money, collects some food, collects some, you know, clothes. Many uh, decided to turn some extra room in church for a shelter. Many families decided to give, you know, to just serve Ukrainians with their own homes. Many churches, especially Ukrainian-speaking churches, we have few Ukrainian-speaking churches already in Poland, they decided to be like the center to navigate Ukrainians because so many of them, you know, before we had many Ukrainians who came to Poland for work, those guys, they already knew what they want to do. They, they knew they are coming to different countries. They, they knew they want to start again and you and, and all, of the, all of those things. But this way, they are people who wanted to live in Ukraine. They were forced to live. They were forced by bombs. They were forced by, by missiles. So those guys, they had no idea what to do. And then they had to, you know, somehow decide, got new orientation in life, fully new orient orientation. And, and that, that was really tough for them. And I know many of them, they, 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 they you know, they have solemn faces. On the, uh, on, on the yard, but they were crying in, 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 in their rooms. And many of our Polish-Ukrainian members of our churches, they were actually able to, to help them during this time uh, and direct them. But just to give you uh, the picture, I remember one evening when we got some call from some Christians from different church, and they said, we have some brothers and sisters from um, Netherlands, and we still have six places. So if any one of your guys want to go to Netherlands, we are waiting for a few more hours. And imagine being a Ukrainian who was forced to leave your own home, being in a nice place in Poland, but had no idea what to do next. And there is someone calling to you, if you want to start a new in Netherlands, you need a you need few hours to decide. So that, 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 that was the reality for so many of them. I also remember one lady, uh, she was not a Christian. She appeared from Kiev in our place. She had nothing. She has, she has lost her luggage. The only thing she had, she had her, her toolbox. She was a ma manicure, manicurist. And, uh, and again, uh, you know, she had good business in Kiev. And now she, she's left with nothing except her, her tool, toolbox. And... Uh, but I really, I remember her reaction and her reaction was not to complain, but her reaction was, I want to show my gratitude to all Polish women. And she said, I'm happy to do any manicure for free for any Polish woman here. 
and I really felt like uh, um, I was really I was really touched because she was not thinking about her problems. She was so full of gratitude that she was willing to serve both. We'll be right back with the rest of this conversation. But first, I want to remind you that you should subscribe to Warden Way's award-winning e-newsletter, A Public Witness. It will help you make sense of the world of faith, culture, and politics. Learn more and subscribe today at publicwitness.wardenway.org. And now, back to our conversation. You referenced your church, which is in Warsaw, which is in the eastern side of Poland, not that far from Ukraine. I wonder if you tell us a bit more about your church and, and the context in which you've been ministering. So our church, basically, let's say there are many, many facets to what we, we, we did. We had to, first of all, decide that we want to help. Second, we had to not necessarily just give our money, but also time. You know, when, when you are busy, time is even more expensive than money. Especially with so many guys in our church who are specialists in various things they do. Uh, but we decided we want to do it. We were faithful. We, we had our shifts for like a few months. Some of our members decided to, to be more into this ministry. So there, were, there, there was one girl. And she actually failed her studies for this, this year. But she felt like, I just want to, to be there. I just want to serve. That's okay. I could do my studies ne- next year. That's, that, that's doable. Uh, some of our even uh, youth, older teenagers, 17 years old, 18 years old, they, they, they felt like, yes, this is a great time. We can, we, can, we, we can be there for them. And that was also good uh, in terms of us finding some help with Americans, because many American friends we know responded. But also with some local friends, like people, like we have a, a restaurant close by and they decided for one month to supply us for free with the lunch for refugees. So it's really, it was really a moment when we experienced so much, uh, so much uh, gratitude, so much support. And we realized that actually there is, you know, actually there is great power in good. And I think probably we are not believing it much when we see so many bad things happening so aggressively, so powerfully. But when you see people united among um, uh, and gathered uh, to do good, you see the power of good. And that's very encouraging. And that's very, you know, that's very, uh, very, yeah, it just gives you hope. Of course, this is going to be a long term issue and, and ministry for Polish Baptist. I mean, you reference the fact that we're a couple of million refugees from previous, which, you know, yeah. in, for those that have forgotten, in, in 2014, yep. the, the Russian-backed separatists took over parts of eastern Ukraine. When I was in Poland, there was a, uh, there was a Baptist minister who was himself yeah. a Ukrainian yeah. uh, refugee. At another church we were at, they had a Ukrainian worship service mm-hmm. uh, being held in the church that was separate. And this is, you know, five years yes. that, that, that people are still there in Poland as refugees, worshiping and building their lives. And so this newest wave, I mean, the one, the war is ongoing. And even, you know, when hostilities begin to, to, to simmer down, there's still going to be a lot of refugees in Poland for for years, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, so I wonder if you could help us think about this as, as a long term issue, because in many ways in the United States, the 
the the war in Ukraine has already slipped from the news. It doesn't get a lot of attention. Yeah. We we have short term focus, and we've already lost it. And this is this is a problem that's just beginning. Yeah. So I would say that the most immediate question for us is the the winter, because I'm pretty sure many Ukrainians will go to Poland because they will have no supply of gas, and we need gas for heating in winter. Winter is tough. So I'm pretty sure many of them will will, will be back. Uh, for now, they are in their gardens, you know, harvesting and, and whatever. But I think they will be back. So that's the, the first challenge this winter. And later on, I think uh, our challenge is to organize the ministry among Ukrainians in Poland, just to give you the example. Uh, in First Baptist Warsaw, as one of the biggest Polish Baptist churches, we have about 300 members there. Um, in the afternoon, they've got the, the, the Russian-speaking uh, congregation. Russian-speaking congregation or Ukrainian congregation with some Belarusians and maybe even Russians from a long time ago. Uh, so this congregation, uh, before war, it was the same size, about 300 people gathered. Uh, but after the war, Basically, they've counted over 600 people on each worship service, and there was still like about 100 that had no way to get in, and they were waiting outside of the church. So, I've, for the first time, I've seen such such situation that there was there were more people who were willing to come to the worship service than actually the space inside of the church, and that's the challenge. Wow! And that's the challenge because we have to really think how to help those Ukrainians, those Ukrainian churches in Poland serve and minister spiritually to Ukrainians. And, uh, and this is so big. This is so big. As I said, I, I, I would assume there is at least as many Ukrainian Baptists in Poland right now as there, there are Polish Baptists in Poland. And we have to somehow help those Ukrainian churches to adopt to it. I have no idea how to do it. I think probably... I don't know. We think about some 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 place where where to how to be designated just to them. But again, we don't have such such many means. Uh, you know, we, we of course we we are thinking ahead, so we have a little more space and little more even the campus is for little more opportunities, but not as big wave. So that's a challenge for us. You know, I I keep thinking about. You you talk about Warsaw because that's where your church is, yep. and and that, that was great to to be there and, and to see that. And then also, you know, in Warsaw, you know, the history. It's it's not just the history that we talked about of the war and the occupation, but then even some of the markers. There's the 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 outline of where the Jewish ghetto yeah. was, and this this constant reminder of the injustices mm-hmm. against humanity that were done. And then we're seeing injustice again. Yeah. We're seeing the slaughter of innocents. We're seeing the destruction of churches in Ukraine. We're seeing, you know, and, and you're you're right there in this space and so close to it. And I wonder how how do you not lose hope or faith? I mean, there's a, you have those you know those dark moments where it's like you know, God, if you're there, why is this happening? You know, how how do you reconcile? In, in times of injustice, both historical as, and present? 
I think actually we I don't think we ask such questions quite frankly. Uh, maybe because we have not been accustomed to think things should be nice to us. Mm. Um, so basically, I think we take reality as it is, and it's sinful reality, and we try to be Christians in the sinful reality, and, and that, that's it. So basically, you know, maybe some countries think government should be nice to them and somehow help helping. And of course, I like my government right now because they help a lot. But still, I know I cannot rely on them since, since even the best government can can't change things for good. And I feel like uh, we just we just uh, basically you have hope as long as you sow the seed. Maybe you sow the seed on a very small field, but as long as you sow the seed, you know there is hope. And when you start and you stop to, to sow the seed, you have no reason to hope. So we just try to do whatever we can with as many resources as we, we have. And we are, again, very thankful to our brothers and sisters from America and other countries because they really helped us during that time. And, uh, and so we, we know we have more resources right now. So the field could be a little bigger. We have a little more things to, to, to sow. Uh, and that's okay. And you know, and you just you just you just do your your business basically. And you hope that the Lord provides, the, the Lord gives response, the Lord changes people's lives, the, the Lord gives you energy as you see people are, are renewed and changed. And I would say that's it. You just you just go on. Well, that was a perfect lead up to what my last question was going to be for you. If someone's listening and they want to do more, both, you know, what can they pray for? And, and, and what are some ways that you would encourage them to help the work of Polish Baptist as you all are ministering yeah. to Ukrainian refugees? So please pray for the, first of all, pray for the uh, justice, peace, just peace. I don't agree with those who say, oh, make peace. Well, basically, it means Ukrainian, you, you are to lose because I want to feel happy. It's, it's not the right thing to do. Uh, I think they have every right to get their country back. So actually, quite honestly, in Polish churches, we, we pray for Russian to lose. L let them stay home. You know, no one asked them to, to free Ukraine. And by the way, freeing people by ripping women, killing children, is not the best way of, of freeing anyone. Um, so please pray for the just peace. Uh, that's one thing. Second, please pray simply for, for the perseverance, because, you know, you, you, are, you are tired at the end of the day. And if you are not sleeping enough, you could be very tired in the morning. And that's actually improving, you know, it, it affects uh, how, you, how, you, how you do things. So please pray for please for Ukrainians. Please pray for Poles that we 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 would find ourselves in, in in a godly way in this new situation. And also please pray for all people who want to support us, not to forget what happens here. As, as you mentioned, the, the 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 situation will be tough for a few years at least. So uh, if you are listening to us and you feel like you want to support us, please don't support just once, but maybe have some you know, some decision to support monthly with, with something. And that's really important because the situation will be more or less the same for a few years. And if you want to support us, I would say you can go on to our website, Polish 
Baptist website, or you can go and, and help through Future Leadership Foundation, which are our partners here in Missouri, or you can go on and help through even your church, because we also we get help from European Leadership Federation. They are working with us, and they are working with Baptist churches in various places of the world. So there are a few means, really, that you can contact us and, and stay in touch with us. And uh, we are really thankful for, for uh, this sense of unity we have. And we've actually experienced uniquely for the first time uh, in a in, in few decades right now, because the response was substantial and many, many churches really felt, um, felt touched to, to do something. We'll put links to those ways that you suggested that people could help in the show notes at podcast.ordinaway.org. Matush, it is great, as always, to see you. I'm glad that you're here, and I hope that people will listen will not only pray and support the work of Polish Baptists, but someday go and visit Poland. It you're is welcome. such a beautiful country. Poland is a very unique country. It's uh, at the crossroads of Poland, or, uh, of, of Europe, or crossroads of or heart of Europe, as Chris, like Chris Cook wants to, to, to say. And that's true, because that, that's the, the, the middle point of, of Europe, and the big history takes place in Poland, for bad and for good, and we are there as Baptists. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Baptist Without an Adjective. Share it with your friends on Facebook. If you'd like to give to support this program, we'd greatly appreciate it. And all you have to do at wordandway.org is hit the donate button. And whatever you give there will help support the production of this podcast, as well as our website and monthly magazine. If you have any comments, feedback to give about this program, you can send those to me at bkaler at wordandway.org. Thanks for listening.